2020 the best place we could be this morning first Sunday of a new year and we are in the house of the Lord what a great way to start this year amen trust all of you have had a good Christmas a good new year you are rested and you're ready to go for 2020 for this time or this time of the year generally people would reflect on the past year we would evaluate some wins and some losses and set some new year's resolutions and some goals i'm echoing am i right am i okay uh, personally i'm not a fan of a new year's resolution because come june it's no longer a new year's resolution and the stigma attached is we generally fail at these things generally However, I feel it is critical that at this time of the year, we sit and we evaluate where we are versus where we want to be and where we believe God is wanting to take us. And we need to ask ourselves some relevant questions like, is my attitude, my disciplines, my behavior, my mindsets, my speech, my conduct going to get me there? And if the answer is no, then there is no better time than right now to make some adjustments, to make some changes and to set ourselves on course to get where we believe God is wanting to take us. I did some reflection a week or two back evaluating my, my life over 2019 and where I find myself now. And one of the things, there's been so much confirmation this morning from our worship team, but something that I so desire is intimacy with the Lord. I'm saying, God, I want to go deeper with you this year. I want to spend more time in your word, in prayer. I want to be able to sit in your presence and receive downloads from heaven. Fresh revelation. But as I assessed my life, I started to think, well, how am I going to get there? Because reality is, is if we do the exact same thing we did last year, we're going to get the exact same results this year, right? And so we need to start to assess our behavior. So what I did was I started to go, well, that intimacy is going to mean sacrifice. It's going to mean time spent in the presence of God. And I recall many times last year going, if I just had a few more hours in the day, any of you ever say that? If I just had a couple more hours, it would be great. So I thought, well, I can't do things the way I've always done it. And so I went onto my cell phone. No judgment here this morning, please. But I went onto my cell phone onto something called screen time. Any of you been on screen time on your phone? Not many of you, so I'm going to educate you this morning. I'd never heard of it before. Kirk actually made mention of it. And I went onto screen time, and I started to look at how much time I spend. What screen time does is it calculates how much time you spend on each app on your phone. So, I went onto screen time and I was shocked. Like I said, no judgment. And what this screen time showed me was I spent approximately 10 hours a week on WhatsApp and five hours a week on, face, on Facebook. I don't have Instagram. 
That's excluding emails, phone calls, YouTube, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And I realized I no longer have an excuse of not having time for God. Because that church is approximately 14 hours a week that I'm spending on my phone. Can you imagine the results if I took that time and I spent it in the Word of God? And so I've done some adjustments. Like I said, it's important for us to evaluate where we are and is what I'm doing going to get me to where I want to be? And so I set some limits on my phone. You can set some limits on your different apps. And i tell you what it's done for me. Two things. It's made me very aware of my time. And now I make sure I only look at what's really important. I don't just scroll through Facebook for the sake of scrolling through Facebook. I only look at something that is really relevant to me and where I am right now. And so I've had to make some adjustments. And so I want to encourage you in the start of this year for you to evaluate where you are versus where you want to be, where you believe God is wanting to take you, and to make some adjustments. Ensure that your list of goals or New Year's resolutions is spirit-led commitments before God. It's things that you can say to yourself at the end of this year, am I going to be closer to God? Am I going to be transformed into the image of Jesus? Because church, that should be your and my number one goal for 2020. And so I encourage you this morning to make some adjustments. It's hard, but it's worth it. Now, before I get started in my message, I want us, in a couple of moments, I'm going to give us all the opportunity to thank God. We have to thank Him for 2019. He has brought us through. And I, I know for some it felt like 2019 was designed to take you out. Right? Can I see some hands of those people? But the truth is, is we here, we stand at the gateway of a new year by God's grace. He has carried us through. And we have to take a moment to thank God for His faithfulness. His grace has been sufficient. His love has been evident. And His passion for you and for me has been relentless. We have to take a moment to say thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. Each one of us have a different story or experience of 2019. Every one of us. But we've got to thank God for his grace. And the fact that you are here this morning with breath in your lungs means God's not done with you. That there is a plan and a purpose for your life in this year. Your story is not finished, and we need to take hold of what God has for us in this new year. So I'm going to ask us to all stand, and I want you just for a moment to think about something God has brought you through. There's many, and then can we shout out our praise and our thanks to God for His goodness in 2019. Let's go, church, on the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, for your grace, and for your mercy.
for your love, God. We thank you. We thank you, Father. You have been so good to us. You have been so good. And we praise you this morning, God. We thank you, Father, for your loving kindness, your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you, God. Amen. He's been so good to each one of us. Amen. You may take your seats. So 2019 for me was a year where I held on to Isaiah 55 that says his ways are not my ways. There were many times I did not understand what was going on in this past year. But one thing that I can say is I am fully convinced that I'm loved by my father. That I am my beloved and his desire is for me. And yes, there's been tears. There's been questions. There's been struggles and uncertainties. But he's carried us through. And in every season, I've chosen to embrace it. Because even at times when it felt like discipline and correction and training... I was so aware of the fact that only a loving father takes time to discipline his child. And correction is validation of sonship. Correction from the Lord is proof of his faithful love for me as his daughter. That he's not prepared to leave me as I am. But he works on me. And he's with me. And every time I would face something, his grace would meet me there. And if we see our struggles of 2019 as abandonment and punishment and rejection from God, it becomes too hard to bear. But if we see our struggle and our pain as part of God's plan and purpose, that there is purpose in everything, church. Everything. The scripture tells us he's working all things together for our good. And if we understand that and we realize that there is a purpose in the pain in order to birth a promise, we're able to hold on and to push through and to give God thanks in every single season. Because I realize it's like me disciplining my children, not easy. But I know it's because there's more in there that I've got to draw out. And so we embrace the seasons we walk through, understanding God's grace has met us each time. And we give Him thanks for that. 20, church, the number 20 biblically is symbolic of completion. It's generally linked to a period of laboring, working, or suffering. And I don't know about you, but that is a promise to us that God is about to complete what He has started in our lives. He's not done with us yet. He's doing a good work and he's saying the things you thought were designed to destroy you, watch. I'm turning it for your good. I'm bringing beauty for ashes and joy for mourning in 2020. And maybe 2019 was a year of preparation and we know in this church it was a year of rebuilding foundations. Church, it's time for the walls to go up. There's work to be done in Jesus' name. As I was preparing for this message this morning, I got a picture. I wouldn't say it was a vision, but I got an impression of a race, a starting line, 
starting blocks, athletes, and a starter's pistol, you know, the starting gun. And in this image that I had, I saw many people coming to the starting line, many. And there was different groups of people arriving for this race. And the first group that I saw was a group of athletes who were really prepared for this race. These guys were kitted out in proper athletics gear. Their hair was tight back, correct running shoes. And what they had done was they had positioned themselves on the starting block. And their eyes were fixed on the finish line. The second group of people I saw coming to the starting line were people who were wearing clothes that were clearly not theirs. Oversized clothing, baggy tracksuits, big jackets, no shoes. And I sensed in the spirit that there's some who are trying to walk in other people's calling, comparing themselves to what other people have achieved. And trying to take hold of someone else's mantle and wear that for themselves. And the Lord showed me that these guys are going to be slowed down. Because as these tracksuits are too big, they're catching the wind. And they're going to get slowed down in this race. The next group of people I saw were those who had come so ready for the race. These guys were eager. They arrived, but as I looked at them, I saw them with ankle weights. Some of them were carrying backpacks. And I sensed the Lord say, there are some that have come saying, I'm ready for this new year. I'm so ready. But they're carrying the burdens and the hurts and the disappointments of the past into this year. And the Lord is saying, we need to lay these things down because if we don't, we're going to get slowed down to a point where we can no longer run. Worn out by the burdens of the past. The last group of people that I saw coming to the starting line had arrived at the race but had no intention of running. They came. They were doing all the right religious things. But in fact, what they were doing was they were walking between the other athletes and they were causing distractions. That Some of them were shouting out critiques and judgments and opinions and advice but they had no intention of running their own race. And I felt the Lord say to me that it is a new season and he's about to shoot the starter's gun. And if we are not positioned correctly, church, we're going to miss the sound. The Lord is wanting to do a new thing in this hour in 2020. And as the body of Christ, we need to position ourselves and we need to prepare ourselves for what he's about to do. But he's looking for those who are prepared, those who are disciplined, those who are intimate, those whose gaze is fixed on Jesus, who are not distracted by those around them, the crowd screaming, the opinions of others, trying to carry someone else's mantle. He's looking for those who are ready to run with him in the season. And I felt this morning that there are many who have come from 2019 carrying things that we need to lay down in order to be effective in 2020. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 from the Passion Translation, I'll read it for you. We must let go of every wound 
that pierced us. And the sin that we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. We look from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Church, God is wanting to perfect something on the inside of us. I was thinking of someone going to gym, and when you just start out at gym, you pick up a few kgs dumbbell, and it hurts. And then slowly but surely, it becomes easy, and then you move on to the next weight. And when you start with that next weight, it's difficult, and it's painful, and you stiff. But every time we overcome something, we have a testimony of being overcomers. That I was able to get through this thing by the grace of God. And God is perfecting something in each of us. And I sense today there are many who have come from 2019, like the scripture says, wounded and pierced. Maybe you've been wounded by broken relationships, disappointments, failed business ventures, broken marriages, bankruptcy, rejection, betrayal, false accusations. And you're walking into 2020 carrying these things. And church, I don't want to downplay what you went through in 2019. I walked with many of you last year. And I know the pain and the heartache. It was not an easy year. We went through deep waters. But the word of God is saying, we need to lay these things aside. We need to lay them down. And the only way we can do that is with Jesus. He came to give us a brand new life and a hope for the future. The redemptive work on the cross is to give us the courage to let go of the past and take a hold of the new. And the purpose of the cross is to give you a life beyond the heartache, beyond the trauma and the rejection and the disappointment. And so I encourage you this morning, church, to take the wounds of 2019 and to lay them at the cross of Jesus and allow him to do his redemptive work in your life, to bring healing and to bring beauty for ashes. The writer refers to sin that we so easily fall into. And I don't know what that is in your life, but possibly it's unbelief. Maybe it's a lack of faith. Maybe it's excuses for my, my behavior to justify my lack of action or my lack of passion. Maybe it's a fear of man or a fear of failure. Possibly even small thinking where I've limited God or even our insecurities. It could possibly be the sin of comfort. Lover of self. What pleases me? And the writer here is saying the only way you can run life's marathon. He did not say it's a sprint, by the way. He said it's a marathon. 
the only way we can run this marathon with passion and with determination and with vision and with zeal is when we lay these things aside. And as I was evaluating my life over the last couple of weeks, I realized there was sin in my life from 2019. No judgment. But there was sin. And one of the things that I had to deal with was the fact that I have had small thinking, fear, insecurity within myself. And I wanted to see God move and I wanted to see signs, wonders and miracles. And I would cry out to God and say, God, there has got to be more than this. And his response was, there is. But what would happen is because of the sin in my life, the unbelief or the fear or the insecurity, I would pull back. I would draw back. And what I had to do was evaluate this and say, God, this thing, I lay it down. I lay it down now so that 2020 can be a year where I run with passion, where I run with boldness and with courage, where nothing holds me back because I want to do all that God has for me in 2020. And so I ask you the question this morning, what do you need to lay down this morning? Possibly 2019 was a year where you lay some stuff down that you shouldn't have. Maybe courage. Maybe faith. Prayer. Worship. Fasting. Dreams. Talents. Gifts. And instead of us laying down our fear and picking up our dream, we would lay down our dream and pick up fear. And I want to encourage you this morning to pick it up again and to run with God in 2020. Joseph had a dream, but he ended in a pit and in a prison. And maybe for some, 2019 was your pit and your prison experience. But you see, Joseph understood what it was that he needed to lay down. He needed to lay down rejection from his brothers and betrayal, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger towards God because God, the promise has not yet been fulfilled. But he chose to lay those things down and take a hold of the dream that God had birthed in his heart. And church, just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not God. I was thinking over the Christmas story, Mary, this young girl made herself available to God. She's carrying the Son of God, the promise and the purpose of God to the world. And she is expected to get on a donkey and travel for over 70 miles. Now, Rach, you far pregnant. So you can vouch for this. Those of you who have had children will understand when you are about to pop, to get on a donkey is not on the top of your list. <laughs> she has to get on a donkey and travel for 70 miles. It is not easy, it is not convenient, and it is certainly not comfortable. And we would think because she's made herself available to God and she's carrying the Son of God, it should, be, it should have been easy. Guess what? In order for the prophecy to be fulfilled that Jesus was to come from Bethlehem, Mary had to be inconvenienced by God to be where God wanted her to be. 
And in order for the promise to be birthed, she had to endure the pain. Church, if 2019 has been a year of pain and discomfort and inconvenience, can you celebrate this morning because your promise is going to be birthed? Philippians 3.13 Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, understood, or perfected. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Kirk made reference to this in worship this morning. I press forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying here, church, that everything from the past... He's laying down. He's forgetting. And I want us to pause and consider for a moment. We all know that Paul had a past. He was a murderer. He persecuted the church. He was religious, self-righteous, and arrogant. But at the time that Paul is writing this scripture, he's also got a past with God. He's had a face-to-face encounter with God. He's preached the gospel over many continents and had thousands come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. He's mentored men in the faith. He's planted churches. He's been stoned for the gospel. He's been imprisoned for the gospel. Acts describes him as a man who turned the world upside down. That's quite a resume. And he is saying at this point, even that stuff, I forget it. I lay all that stuff aside. And I press forward towards the goal. Perhaps 2019 has been a year for you where you achieved some great stuff. Maybe you got married, you had a baby, bought a house, got a car. Maybe you started a new business. Maybe you wrote a book possibly even led some people to the Lord. You were able to spend more time in the Word. You were even successful in the first fast of your life. Maybe it was a good year. Church, Paul is saying even that stuff, the good and the bad, all of it, we lay it aside because there is something to take a hold of. We've got to lay it aside. You see, church, all these things we celebrate. We don't take this stuff for granted, that we achieved great things. It would be wrong of us to do that. We have to celebrate our wins, to give God thanks for His goodness, because we know that every good gift comes from God. And so that's why in the beginning of the service, I said, let's take the time to thank God for what He's done in our life. We celebrate these things, but there is a risk that once we've achieved something, we get stuck there. We become complacent, satisfied, as if I've achieved my life's purpose. And these wins or our losses become our identity. They start to define us. And Paul says, yeah, forget all that stuff. Forgetting is not amnesia. It's not pretending it did not happen. It would be foolish. Because everything we go through, wins and losses, all become part of our story, part of our testimony. 
So it's not amnesia. It's not forgetting and pretending like it never, ever happened. But he's saying, don't get stuck there. Go through the season. Embrace the moment. Thank God for your wins. Learn from your losses. And let's move forward. Because there is more to grab hold of in 2020. I, I listened to a great illustration of this. This lady was describing how a trapeze artist from great heights would swing from one bar to the next. But in order for them to get from this bar to the next bar, they had to let go of this one in order to grab hold of that one. If they didn't, they would be hanging from both, in limbo, losing momentum. And so they would have to swing from great heights have momentum and let go of this one to grab hold of that one. Church, it takes courage to let go of our past. But it's what God is asking of us. It's courage to let go of what we know, what has become our norm, and take a hold of something new. And Paul says in this scripture to press forward toward the goal. Press means to exert a continuous pressure, not push and wait and push. My daughter laughed at me. We went to a shop yesterday, and I'm trying to push the door, and she says, Mom, there's a sign that says pull. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a, a push and wait. Press. Paul says press, meaning I exert continuous force. Why, church? Because in 2020, there will be things that try and stop you. There will be things that resist you. But we need to exert a continuous force against those things so that we can attain the goal. What is the goal? To be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Church, this has to be your and my goal for 2020. We need to, at the end of 2020, be able to look at our life and say, I look more like Jesus. There is a, a facet, an aspect of God that has been placed in each one of us. And all of creation is waiting with anticipation for the sons and the daughters to manifest this thing. Church, we have to spend time in His presence. Intimacy has come through so much this morning. We need to spend time in the presence of God so that we can look like Him so that we can sound like him, so that when the world looks at you and at me, they see Jesus. And that church will cause our cities, our nations, our communities to be transformed. This has to be the goal for 2020. And I'm going to ask the band to start coming up. I'm going to close up now. As you walked in this morning, you were given a piece of paper that said 2020. Everyone get one? If you haven't, you can just raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. There's a few people that don't have. And the, the worship team is going to lead us in a song called Moving Forward. And while they do that, you're welcome to join in with them. But if you want to just spend time, if the Holy Spirit has been stirring you 
on things that you need to lay down and things you need to pick back up again in 2020, I want you to write them down now as the Holy Spirit is leading you. And church, what I want to encourage you is we're going to go into a corporate prayer and fasting from the 20th of January. So diarize that date. It's going to be a corporate time of prayer and fasting. And even during this time, the Holy Spirit will highlight stuff in your life that you need to lay down. Things of 1920 that we're still carrying like ankle weights to the race. And we need to be able to lay these things down and to pick up what God has birthed in our hearts. And I want to encourage you, write this stuff. But then I want to say, church, keep this in your Bible. And through the year, evaluate. Don't wait for this time next year where we say, okay, did we achieve our goal? Did we, did we do what we set out to do in 2020? Let us continuously evaluate our progress through the year and say, God, am I doing what you've asked of me? And if not, what do I need to change in my lifestyle, in my behavior, my attitude to get me there? Church, we cannot change the past. Everyone in agreement. We cannot change the past. But we can decide today to lay 2019 aside and to take hold of 2020 with every promise that God has for us in this year. Because he's wanting to do something new in your life, in my life, in this body of Christ, across the body of believers worldwide. God is wanting to do something. And we need to position ourselves. So I'll ask you one last time. What do you need to lay down? What do you need to pick up? So that you can be focused with a gaze, a vision, your eyes fixed on the goal and be effective in 2020. So you can write these things. Kirk, you're going to take us into a song. And if you want to sing with, you can, or just let the Holy Spirit lead you in this list. Amen. Amen.